know the presence of the Lord is here, and we have lifted him up. And uh, so, Father, now we're just asking that you would just bring <clears throat> your word, speak to us. May we hear from you. Get us in alignment with you, we ask you, Father, in Jesus' name. I think that, uh, I think there's a core, there's a core uh, facet of all humans that we all desire justice. We want justice. All of us know that there have been wrongs committed. There is evil that has inflicted pain that was unjust. There were things taken, things broken, and that someone or something needs to pay, that justice needs to be served. Wrongs need to be righted, so forth and so on. And that strikes on every human heart, I believe, this desire for justice. The problem with us humans is that we don't know who to blame exactly. We get mixed up on what justice would look like, who needs to pay for what and when. And what I've come to understand in my own life is that that's just the case. Paul Thompson does not know. And if he were the one that was going to render justice, I would get it very wrong. I simply don't have the capacity to understand the history of wrongs built upon wrongs, built upon wrongs. The wrong reactions, trying to right something that was wrong and trying to get it right all through history. And again, I'm a student of history, so I've seen this catastrophe kind of build off of one another and I've seen even in American history history especially how the wrongs of the past stay wrong we never do get it right and so the wrongs of the past just build and build and build and build and we as humans need help we need help and and what I love about the Savior, Jesus Christ. We, it's not, I, just want, I don't want to say it's my belief because that's a very postmodern thing to say. He is King. He is Savior. He is God. It is so. It's not just my belief. It is the truth. Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the truth. And He has brought justice to this earth. And he has given each and every one of us humans the opportunity to understand that we don't know what to do to the degree that we could give our lives to him and surrender and be baptized into his one spirit so that we can be a part of delivering justice in its fullness. And we're in a period of right now of restoration and redemption that is that. Because see, Jesus Christ struck the root and right now, we're in a period of grace. But that tree is going to be completely dismantled and die. And we are the agents of that, somehow in some way. And so, in this moment of time right now, I'm just, I may be speaking not very clearly that I hope that my sermon will, because I'm really trying to get at this justice issue, bringing justice into the world, and what does it look like? And, and
And so in a time today where the everything's shaking, God promises to shake everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And in all of that, he will be revealed to be the unshakable one. And so the moment is now to get into him and nothing else. It's a dizzying time in life. There's so many different factors and so many different things going on, the history of which nobody can fully keep in their head and keep it all straight. Our hope is found in his ability to deliver justice and our ability to hear his voice and to walk in his spirit in this earth so that he has sons and daughters who are in agreement to see the kingdom come. Because right now we're in a state of uproar, you know, just like Psalm 93 was talking about, the sea is in chaos, you know. And so whenever there's chaos, Jesus is the Logos. He's the order. He brings order to chaos, but it's true order, like it's true north. It's absolutely so. It's true. We say that about a, a building or something that's been put up properly. It's true. He is the truth. And so tonight I'm wanting to bring us back to, I'm really, this is almost a rehashing of last week's sermon that we're in a world at war, but it's just terribly interesting to me that from the time I gave that last week until this week, we can see the war. I mean, it is raging right now. And so it's, it's, it's time that we, as sons and daughters of God, are, are completely listening to the one voice of truth who can really bring justice so that we can do our part, that we're, not, that we're not tempted to get off on some track on the right or the left or get lost in some kind of way because right now is the time that the Lord is desiring that those who are intimate with him can speak his, his word and, and deliver his spirit and really be a part of bringing the Logos to this earth and making it real. That's, that's the order the order that God is. God wants to build his kingdom in the midst of this. And right now is when it's coming, right now when, it, when, it, when it's happening. I was looking at the, the book of Acts, you know, because we've been talking about last uh, Sunday was, was Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Passover. And I, I, I really do believe we're in a prophetic season that doesn't occur all the time. You know, there's, there's history-making moments that occur, and looking back, we can see those. It's not always as easy to see them when they're happening, but this is one of those periods of time where the, where the kingdom of heaven is moving, and because the kingdom of heaven is moving, Satan does his thing, which is chaos. I've got to bring rage to the people. I've got to stir up everything I can to stop this type of order coming. See, because he's, he, he, he's smart. The, the devil's not stupid. He's stupid in some ways. But he's, uh, he's going to do everything he can to stop the inevitable. And as I was looking at the book of Acts, you know, especially beginning with uh, Acts 2 there, where the first, the true original Pentecost came and the Spirit of the Lord came heavily and, and the church was born, it's interesting to go through the book of Acts then and see the kingdoms clash because what you see if you just go through i just went through the book of acts today in more of a sort of a general view of okay here's pentecost here's the spirit of god comes on these people 
And then what you see is it, it's an invasion. The book of Acts is you seeing the invasion of the kingdom. And you see the clash take place. And you see the apostles thrown into prison, beaten. Um, you see that type of thing that type of thing occurring. You see riots in the book of Acts. Right? This is this is the this is the enemy's calling card. And so it's in these moments we need to be reminded, it's in these moments through the book of Acts that the church got a grip on planet Earth. It went global. And as much as the enemy wanted to shake, and as much as he wanted to stamp out the puddle of of the Lord, it just splattered everywhere. It just grew. It just can't be stopped. And so let's not forget in these moments today when things are shaking and we see all this unrest and we see all this pain, we see all this anger and we see all of it, let's not forget these are the moments the kingdom moves forward and God is speaking through his sons and daughters to bring that very kingdom. So let's make sure we're on point here because this is just as it always has been. We are on course to see an incredible move of God through all of this mess. If we will stand and declare the truth and be the truth, live in the Spirit and understand it's the same song, different verse, and we have our verse. The Lord's going to use us and have our verse in this day and time to make His name hallowed once again. And this, we're just on course. The enemy is he's riled up. He's upset. He's scared. And he's doing what he does. Now's the time where we take our stand. Those tasks with, or it's not even a task, it's like an honor, it's a privilege that we could bring the kingdom of heaven. I keep on rehearsing this model prayer that Jesus gave the disciples and has given us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now what that is saying is this is Light exposing darkness. That's what that prayer is essentially. There's a kingdom of light, there's a kingdom of darkness. This kingdom of light is coming to this earth and that prayer commissioned by our commander-in-chief is bring the light, expose the darkness. John 1.4 says, In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. What does that mean? It just means darkness, it has no defense. There's no defense. Darkness can't understand what it can do to stop this light. But when light shines, darkness is removed. This is the way that it works. We are children of the light. It's time to stand in the light and speak it. The book of Acts shows us that as the light came, darkness did not appreciate being exposed. There were prices that had to be paid, but those that paid it did it willingly, lovingly. They could do it over again. I promise you they would a thousand times over. Would they do it all over again? It's worth it is what they would say. There is no price. Don't tell me about a price. Look at what I have. They say there is no price to pay. 
I want to say it again this week. We've been born into a world at war. The clashing of two kingdoms. The birth of Jesus was actually an invasion. It's likened in our modern day that we could understand it's like storming the beaches of Normandy in World War II. It is an invasion. The picture Daniel gives us in, in one of the dreams that he interpreted is, is, uh, is telling here. I wanted to read that in the book of Daniel. You know, Daniel lived uh, in the day when King Nebuchadnezzar had taken uh, the southern kingdom. Daniel was one of those taken. As you guys know the story, no doubt, for the, for the most part, one of the dreams that he interprets for King Nebuchadnezzar early on is this dream that he had about a statue, a great statue. This is in uh, Daniel chapter 2. And uh, what he saw were, were uh, this, ex this, this statue of ex extraordinary splendor was standing up and, and its appearance was awesome. And the head of that statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Now we know through biblical interpretation that these are world kingdoms throughout time in history and each one is named and we can we could name them although I'm not the sermon is not about that what I wanted to focus on was what what uh, Daniel uh, how he interpreted this thing in what the king saw and so in verse 34 he says this this is Daniel chapter 2 verse 34 uh, he Daniel is explaining to the king he says you continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. And then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like shaft for the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now we know that stone to be Jesus, it is, it's his kingdom. This was foreseen, all of these things. And, and the good news about that is that we're talking about this, this stone that's going to take over the, the whole globe. See, we're on the side of light, the side, the side of light in which when it's, when it's shining in the midst of darkness, it has to get out of the way. And that is what we see in this day, the coming of the light. Now, how it all hashes out and this and that and all those other things, we don't know exactly. Okay, We, we have biblical interpretation. We have end-time uh, things that we, eschatology is what it's called, where we believe this or that, or there's some nuances here and there. I don't, I don't want to get into all that because I don't know. I just know that I am following this one named Jesus who is this stone who struck these, this statue and that he's growing and he's going to take over the whole world. I'm going to be with him, whatever he's doing. Wherever he's doing it, that's what I'm going to be about. And we know that. Now in verses 44 and 45, it goes on talking about this divine kingdom. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It'll crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself, it will itself endure forever inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future so the dream is true 
and its interpretation is trustworthy. See, I believe those words. And that's why I'm saying right now, as things are shaking, I'm saying, Oh, Jesus, I'm yours. Fill me with your unshakable self. May your spirit take me over. May I willingly serve you with all my heart and speak words of truth. Lord, make me as true as you are. That's the word of the Lord for us today because God is on the move. He is doing incredible things in our day, in our time. We are standing and seeing the kingdom come, and we're going to see God have his way, I believe, in this, in this time frame. I, I'm very optimistic about it. You know, Jesus, every now and then, if you read the Gospels word for word and really look at there's certain phrases that jump out at you and you go, oh, Jesus said that? There's some, that, there's some statements that are a little disconcerting, just a little, I don't like that what you said there Jesus what do, you, what do you mean by that what does that mean and we do need to know what it means but one of those phrases that Jesus said was I did not come to bring peace but a sword you read that and go oh that's sort of like this Mr. Rogers version of Jesus that we have sometimes just kind of gets shattered you know, whoa wait hold on a second what do you mean I thought you were a man of peace so we really need to think about these things. We need to understand what was he saying. The sword we know was Jesus never picked up a sword. He never cut anybody for any reason. And even when Peter did do that, he said, it's enough. Get a clue. But it's still a serious matter. It's still standing up to things Justice must be served, and the Lord has his own way. The sword we know is, is the word. Jesus' words were way more powerful than any sword that we could wield in this earth. They cut deep, and it divides the kingdom of darkness from the kingdom of the Son of his love. It will divide within us between spirit and soul. It will tell us what's right and what's wrong. That's what his words do. And his words are powerful, and they are life-giving. But they also have opposition. So if you want to speak those words and stand on those words, you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that all of hell will come against you. And the brighter the light, the deeper the darkness that's going to try to come. But we've got to stand in it. We've got to stay in it. We were born into a world at war. There may not be a more clarifying truth for you to grasp, for us to grasp, in order to understand life in this world at this moment. We were born into a world at war. The Christmas story is told from heaven's perspective in the book of Revelation. And it's a bit different than the one we share, right? We sing away in a manger and silent night we think about cookies and cake and gifts, all those things, right? But Revelation gives us a whole other take on that birthing of Christ. Yes, we should celebrate it, but we should not forget that it signaled a war. It was an invasion. Revelation 12, and I'm skipping through certain sections here all through that chapter, but it, this is what it says. 
about the birth of Jesus. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Doesn't sound like a Christmas story, does it? <laughs> it's quite different. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. Did you hear that phrase? This male child will rule the nations with an iron scepter. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now, God's commandments and the testimony of Jesus is his word. If you want to stand on that word and stand in that word, you've got enemies. So we need to know that we know that we know that we are in this thing, that we're plugged in to the spirit of the Lord because you can't halfway fight. You know, there was a, there's a story in the book of Acts about some guys who were kind of half in and half out, or maybe that's not even fair enough to say they were half in, but they had seen Paul use the name of Jesus to cast demons out, and so they decided they'd go try it. So they go to a real, this is a story in Scripture, they go to a real demon-possessed guy, and they say in the name of Jesus that Paul talks about, get out of him. And the demon spoke back and said, Jesus we know, and the Apostle Paul we know, but who are you? And then it beat him up. They ran off bleeding. See, this isn't a joke. This, this really does come down to this is really happening. And it's time that we get completely focused in on what is going. What is going on? What is justice? Who's been wronged and who's been righted? Do you know how confusing that gets sometimes when you're talking about humans who have brittle, fragile souls and we get hurt? We get hurt. And other people do it. And in the war that rages, we turn on one another. And, and that all happens so easily. And then after it's all said and done, you're like, I don't even know what, what, I don't even know what's right. I can't really say that I can trust my interpretation of what happened. God, I just lay it all at your feet. I want to be yours. I want to I speak words of truth. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to be a part of your army. Lord, help me. Help us. Has anybody ever done that? Like, I, I don't even know how to make apples and oranges out of this. Jesus, I lay it at your feet. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to do war. Show me what's truth. I want to I make things right. Give me the strength and the wisdom to do that. So we're in a world at war. Mere Christianity is a book written by C.S. Lewis. It's, a, it's an incredible uh, book. In the chapters, he so rightly titled The Invasion. C.S. Lewis tries to clarify our situation. One of the things that surprised me is what he's writing. One of the things that surprised me when I first read the New Testament seriously was that it talked so much about a dark power in the universe, a mighty evil spirit who was held to be the power behind death, disease, and sin. The difference is that Christianity thinks this dark power was created by God and was good when he was created and went wrong. Christianity agrees this universe is at war. You and I were born into a world at war. How else do we explain terrorism? How do we explain young girls kidnapped and sold into the sex trade by the millions 
is really happening. School shootings. The number of young people dying of drug abuse each year. What is our explanation? Other than there is real evil in the world that is really killing, stealing, and destroying. Where do we stand in this? Until we come to terms with war as the context of our days, we will not understand life. We will either blame ourselves or others or God for the terrible things happening to us, and we will not know how to overcome. Ephesians 6, 12, and 13 says, For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms, use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil so that after the battle you will still be standing firm. It's time to stand firm in the Spirit. See, the Lord Jesus, He came and He waged this war. And then He, in essence, took off His armor that He did it with and He gives it to us. And He says, put it on. Stand in this. I'll give you the armor. I give you the spirit, I give you the sword, I give you the truth. Now take your stand in faith. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. The scriptures could not be more clear. We are at war. If we would overcome, we must learn how to fight as we have been commanded. We are overcomers. So speaking about fighting, I want to bring back this picture of light and darkness. Because those are the two issues here. In the light or in the darkness. And here's what I know. We've got to get into the light. And Jesus is the light. That's what I tried to start out with. That Jesus is the light of life. He is the light of men. He is the answer. And we must find him and get both feet in. All that we are in. Right now is the time to make sure you don't have any portion of your life that's still lingering in darkness or that you're already in the process of that sanctification in which the darkness that would continue to be housed in your soul is one room at a time being cleaned out, cleansed, and lit up. See, that's the process of sanctification. Matthew 6.22 says, The eyes are the lamp of the body. The eye is the lamp of the body. That literally means the single, singleness. The whole body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, the body will be full of darkness. In other words, how you see really determines whether you are in the dark or not. Which kingdom you are standing in. Which kingdom you are working from. We've got to make sure that our, our, our eye is single upon the light himself so that we're standing in the light, so that we're communing with the light, so that our relationship is with the light, so that our intimacy is getting closer 
to him as we see into him and he sees into us. Now here's something I wanted to bring up again. We've talked about this before because this has been a season of, of, of conspiracy. You know, everything in this world. I mean, good night, you hear everything under the sun. And um, we tend to want to listen to it. There's something about it, you know, that's like, oh, tell me a little bit more about that. You know, let me get charged up on this and charged up on that. And I'm, I'm saying this to you, saying I see these things in me. I feel these things in you. And I, have, I get a check in my spirit when I start giving myself over to some of these, these things. And the Lord says, stop. Look to me. Look to me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I am the just. I'm the one that brings justice. So here's my warning again. This Isaiah 8, uh, 12 passage. I read this several weeks ago, but I, I think it's worth repeating because, again, I, I'm taking myself back there. I, I really practice these things I talk with you guys about. And I need it. I see the frailty. I see the weakness. And I, I'm like, God, hold me in the truth. Help me. So in Isaiah's day, when Israel was being attacked, Jerusalem was, was uh, being sacked, trials were coming upon Judah, Damascus and Samaria were falling in the day that Isaiah is, is speaking. And in this passage here, it, it, this is the Lord speaking to his remnant, those that are truly his. We know that all of Israel wasn't, you know, but he's always had a remnant. He's always speaking his message to the remnant. Now, all, all, God only needs a remnant. All he needs is one. And he got that. He's got Jesus. So, see, he's got the head. The devil's got to deal with him, and he's lost. See, so now we're talking about who's in. Who can stand with him? Who's intimate enough with him that he can explain and tell what he's doing? Well, here's one of the things that's going get to get us off track. So again, as, as the, this is a difficult day for Israel when Isaiah is speaking these words, and this is what God spoke to his remnant. He says in verse 12 of chapter 8, You are not to say it is a conspiracy. In regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. See, yeah, evidently people haven't changed any. Now, we know they didn't have CNN and Fox News, and they didn't have the widespread, you know, everywhere talking heads to stir up this or that. They didn't have the blogs. They didn't have the all the stuff that we have to tap into. But a human is a human is a human. And we come up with some good stuff. Tantalizing. Juicy bits of info and so I, so God is saying to his remnant do not say it's a conspiracy and it's not that there aren't conspiracies because there are we know there's an ultimate conspiracy it's the enemy he is up to steal kill and destroy he his plan is to take over the world his plan is to stop everything that God wants to do and so he's going to be behind every ploy, every plot, every everything that is or isn't. So we know that. That's why we just need to get back to the truth of the matter here and stick with that. That's going to keep us on solid ground. 
So he says, you are not to say it's a conspiracy in regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. Is there anything out there to fear today? Is there anything to be in dread of? Man, there's some, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so glad that I don't live in a city, a big one. Because people evidently just lose it. And, uh, but, but, you know, still, you can get drawn off into the fear of, well, what if this happens and that happens and they do this and that? Uh, it'll take you there. He says, do not go there. Focus on me. I think this ultimately is, the, he's saying, focus on me. Don't be afraid. Don't be in dread of what others are dread. In verse 13, it says, it is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy. And he shall be your fear. And he shall be your dread. Then he shall become a sanctuary. But to both the houses of Israel, a stone to strike and a rock to stumble over and a snare and a trap for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many will stumble over them. Then they will fall and be broken. They will even be snared and caught. See, so it's the same in the day of Israel we know what happened in, in, in their time period. We, we have history to tell us what happened. And we know how God restored. But, and he had people to restore. So the Lord is saying, look, I'm here to move, but I need you to focus on me and get your information from me and get in my spirit so you can release the words that I have to speak over this planet because, I, I, again, God doesn't need us, but he wants us. He wants to raise up sons and daughters who know what it is that he's doing, who believe in him and who are speaking in alignment with him. So don't call it a conspiracy. There are so many angles and levels of conspiracy going on right now. Don't get caught up in them. You will find yourself in the dark, ineffective. God wants your heart and your voice. In this moment, we need the voice of God's Spirit in our ear. We don't need Glenn Beck. We don't need Sean Hannity. We certainly do not need CNN or any of those other people. Right? We can spend too much time listening to the spin, listening to the talk. Even if the talk lines up with you, at least generally, it will get you off course. It will keep you from hearing. We do not need to feed on spin and conjecture. God says to his remnant, and that, what I mean by that is he says to you and I, those who are filled with his spirit, come to me alone, just me. I want your focus. I want intimacy with you. I want to download into you all the things that I'd like to be spoken. I want you to represent me in this time of shaking. I want you to speak words that are solid, that are true, that aren't going anywhere. God says, I want your questions, all of them. Aim your questions at me. Don't go try to get answers from other people. Be intimate with me. Get into my presence and hear me. We must be single-minded upon the light. In Christ, it is our only place of truth in this day. It is only about what Jesus is doing 
that matters. He is the standard. He sets the tone. He defines all things in absolute truth. See, so you don't need to go anywhere else. He is the trendsetter. And we are the salt and the light. We are the ambassadors of a kingdom coming. Let me remind you of Daniel's vision. Jesus is growing. He is the king of this planet. It will ultimately be his. Jesus is the order. He's the Logos. The enemy stirs up chaos with rioting and other things. But Jesus is the Logos. The enemy steals and kills and destroys. Jesus brings life. Well, first Jesus gives. He brings life and he blesses. Jesus is the light. Satan is darkness. The sons of God are light bearers and we must Stand in the light and shine. So here would be a caution. Watch your conversations. If you could be aware of what it is you're speaking and how you're speaking and, and what is it coming from. What kind of comments about the current events have come out of your mouth? Are they your own judgments about things? Because that's so easy to do. Because we do. We have opinions, right? All of us do. We have our own lifetime and experiences and things we've learned and things we think. And they're so easy to just bring into a full conversation and just fill the air with a bunch of just nothingness. Now, again, I'm saying this because I'm speaking to you. I'm, I'm saying, Paul, now's the time to be very careful how you, you know, Fox can have their spin. CNN can have their spin. Paul can have his spin. Doesn't matter whose spin. Just stop the spin. We, now is the time where we've got to hear the truth and just speak it. Just be speaking truth. And watch the conversations. Now, I, I'm just like you guys. I know people. I, I go around. We all hear commentary on this. And, and, and so this, this is what I'm talking about. We've got to be very careful that we would be on the side of light speaking the truth into a situation of pain where the, where the enemy is going to take every advantage given him to stir up more chaos, to steal more, to kill more, to destroy more. And he does that by getting the hearts and minds of people saying it the way he wants it said. And he does it in any number of ways. Jesus only does his thing one way. He's like, come to me, Get in the truth of my spirit and then speak. Pray to me. Declare the truth. Be a light for me. Fill this environment with the light and the truth and heaven's agreement. Jesus wants us to take our place and to speak peace into the chaos. Speak healing into the pain. Speak light into the darkness. And, and the Lord will move as we do that. So think about your words. Would, those, would, would your words bless? Would they empower the kingdom of heaven? Or would they help the kingdom of darkness? That really is what it comes down to. And I want to make sure that we are on point with our Savior being his ambassadors. I've been reading this book here the last few weeks to, to Caleb, uh, my, one of my kids. It's called This Present Darkness. 
Y'all remember that? That uh, there was a movie that came out years ago, and I had these Frank Peretti books. I had to, uh, that that I've just had forever, and uh, I read to my kids. So I was like, ah, maybe this would be good. So I, I got it out and we started reading it. And um, actually, it's a very heavy book. It's not a children's book necessarily, but but it's doing its job. Caleb is going to sleep immediately, and I just keep <laughs> I just keep reading. <laughs> And so what this book does, though, is it's, 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 it's uh, non, is it fiction or non-fiction? Fiction is, yeah, fiction. I get that mixed up. It's fiction, so it's not true, but it's based on Scripture. I mean, it's made up, but it's made up in a way that would kind of bring to life really what's going on. And, and the book is about a little community, uh, and, uh, and, and so it really it, it's a, it's a, it, it reveals the spirit realm. Okay, so you've got these... You got these demons who are flying around, and they have names, you know, like destroyer and strongman and greed and 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 suicide, and, and so they're named. And he talks about them like they're characters, and 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 so he goes on, and he he has, you know, there's there's angels of heaven that have names like Gilo and Tal and Skion and on and on, little names like that. So you you have these characters that these are angels of light and angels of darkness, if so to speak, de- demons. And, and you see this all playing out in uh, this little town over this Good Shepherd Community Church and this school they have. And so as I was reading the book, I was like, this is hitting a little, a little too close to home here. <laughs> you know, it's, we've got all these things. And, and uh, so it was just kind of peeling back the attack of the enemy and what he's after and what he's doing. And the thing that really got me in it and keeps getting me, like I'm hooked now, Caleb even bails on me and we stop this i'm going to be reading this thing till the end because it's really bringing some things to light for me that, that we forget about you know we just go to sleep over the fact that angels are empowered by our prayers and by our declarations and 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 about where we land in the spirit concerning any given thing and that we're literally giving them power one or the other. This is what Scripture says. You know, Hebrews 1.14 says that are not these ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? There's talking about these flames of fire, these angels of God that are on mission, and their job is to carry out covenant business. And literally, I've heard it said that we're, you know, are you giving your angels something to do today? Or are they just standing back going, I can't believe he's saying this. He's given me nothing to work with. I I mean, I'm ready to go. I got it. I'm ready to fight. And he's over here completely tuned in to darkness. So I guess I'll just see what's on Angel TV or something. Because I don't get to do anything today. And so as I was reading through this book and just seeing it and, I'm, and you see it you see all the accusations of the enemy come to people uh, it accuses this headmaster of, of child abuse and you know legally they're working through big firms and, and lawyers and, and, and all these types of injustices occurring and then church people are listening to what the press says and going well he must be a child abuser I can't believe we had a child abuser working for us the whole time and so there, there goes their prayer they're, they're out. They're done. And I'm like, God, this is way too real. 
because this is exactly how it happens. It all happens just too easily. I mean, I see it in me. I listen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, look at us. Look at the bunch of the, the, this mess we can create. So I'm, I'm just looking at this time period and I'm going, Father, please, don't let me miss this time. Don't let me, don't let me get there one day and have to take, I don't know, a fraction of a time to look at all that I didn't do, all that I was caught up in that was nothing to do with you. Oh, please, Lord, don't let us miss our time to give you our voice to see your kingdom come in our day. Awaken our hearts, Father. That's the prayer of my heart. Awaken, awaken, awaken us to the truth. May we be awake, spiritually awake and oriented times four, to use a reference from last week's message. Being awake, spiritually awake and oriented times four. That means that I know what is happening spiritually right now. What is God doing? What's he bringing to the earth? Am I in tune with him so that I can actually be utilized to stand and speak things that would empower an angel to go accomplish in some way? Now, I'm not saying I know how all that works because I don't. Generally speaking, though, I'm saying that our voice matters. Our hearts do make a difference. And we are called up right now to be found in the Spirit of God and waging war for our Lord and Savior who has come to destroy the works of the enemy. So do we know what's happening spiritually? Do we know where we are spiritually? Do we know what time it is? Do we know who we are in Christ as light bearers? That's the four aspects of being awake. Are we spiritually awake and oriented times four? Listen, guys, now's the time to turn up the knob on your praying, on your crying out for the Lord to come, for the light to come. Now's the time to open up your Bibles and get into, you know, start out with Psalm 145. Just read it and worship. Read it and worship, because that's all it is is worship. All those Psalms, Psalm 145 through 150, if you ever get stuck and you don't know how to prime the pump, just open it and start reading. You will enter into perfect worship of the truth. God. You will begin to lift him up. You'll get stirred up. Just worship him. My goodness, if you have an hour to pray, you can spend 45 minutes of it just in worship. I mean, you can say a lot of stuff in 15 minutes. But if we lift up the name and we say, here's the king, I'm with you. Yes, yes, yes. Bring the light. Man, God will move powerfully as we fill ourselves with that truth. Now is the time to stand on the promises. You can turn to a, a, a book like uh, Isaiah. I've been really feeding on Isaiah 61 lately. The Spirit of the Lord God's upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Now we know Jesus quoted this about himself. So see, he's released this spirit. It is through the power of Christ that we can re-release it right now, here and now. You can aim and fire away with these promises. But Lord God, that you would, that good news would be heard to the afflicted. They'd be set free, that blind eyes would open, spiritual eyes would open, all kinds of eyes open. Just 
help them see, Father. We just send that to these cities. We send that to the, the black community that's hurting so badly, that's in pain. The enemy has ravaged their lives, and we need to stand up and just say, God, just make the, all the wrong things right. You know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. You know how to do that. Do that, Lord God. Bring a healing balm to the people that are so hurt, that are so confused, that don't understand. Father, bring your truth and set captives free. They're bound and they're, they don't know what up from down is. I pray they would see the light and see the truth and receive the blessing of your love. See, we're, we're bringing into this environment his truth when we do that. We're standing upon the truth. God has some incredible things that he says he wants to do. He wants to give a garland instead of ashes. He wants the oil of gladness to be given instead of mourning. He wants to give mantles of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. Lord God, we ask you to send that mantle of praise across our nation for those that are in a, in a spirit of fainting right now. Lord, would you lift them up by just, just bringing that, that mantle of praise. Lord, lift them up, we say. Lift them up, Lord God. He says the planting of the Lord. God is planting things. Lord, plant your seeds. Plant your seeds. He says he wants to rebuild the ancient ruins. He'll raise up the former devastations and repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. The strangers will stand and pasture your flocks and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. But we will be called the priests of the Lord. That's us standing and speaking and being as Christ in our time period, agreeing with the Lord. He says that we will be spoken of as ministers of, of our God and eat the wealth of nations and in their riches boast. Instead of shame, we'll have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, we'll shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land. Everlasting joy will be theirs. See, we're just agreeing with he, what he said he's going to do, and we're sending it out. We're sending it out, and we're getting focused on what he's saying so that we don't have a lot of time to go over here and focus on all the other spin, all the other stuff that's going on, all the things that are going to bring confusion. So that's the word of the Lord tonight. Here's a plan. I'm just going to kind of jot this out here. Worship the Lord. Here's what you want to do every day. Worship the Lord out loud using words of exaltation because He is great and greatly to be praised. Realize God is not surprised by the increasing chaos occurring in America. You place your trust in Him and you begin to say, Father, bring your order into this chaos. Bring your kingdom. Destroy the kingdom of darkness. Ask him to make very clear what his plan for you is, what his path for you is. Let him show you the next steps to fulfill it, get you in alignment. Call the fullness of the ecclesia forth. Do you all know what that ecclesia is? It's the church. That's that Greek word for the church. It's the called out ones. That term ecclesia is li literally, it's a governing term. We are the legislators of the kingdom come. That's what the church is those that would declare the things to come God's way from God's government. He's the king of a kingdom. 
That is a government. It's God's government. We are the early ones here. We're the, we're the ones here ahead of him. We're calling things that be not as though they were. That's the ecclesia's job. So, Lord God, would you just raise up the ecclesia, all those that know you, Lord God, that we would do great exploits, that we would be dread champions for you, light bearers, and that we would declare the kingdom of our Christ is invading nations, opening eyes, dethroning strongholds, principalities and powers, and awakening hearts. See, that's what he's up to. That's what he's doing. He wants agreement with us. He's raising up his sons and daughters, his ecclesia, his ambassadors of the kingdom come. And Father, we cry out to you for a great harvest of souls in this time. Think about it, guys. Millions and millions who can be one to Christ during this period of time as we proclaim the one who is the truth, who is the life, who has paid the price. It's our time to shine. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that you've given us so much. You've given us so many words to dwell upon, to feed upon. Lord, may we be like Joshua and meditate upon your word day and night so that we might be successful as you would deem success. So that we'd be so full of you that that's what comes out. Lord, fill us with your spirit's truth. Draw us into this present moment, Heavenly Father, and what it is you're doing. Father, I do speak peace to our nation. I speak wisdom into our leadership. I pray, Father, that you would break the enemy and his will. And we pray, kingdom come. Kingdom come. Will of God be done in America, in our lives, as it is in heaven. And we worship you, Father, that you are the king forever, never to be moved. So, Lord, we just thank you tonight that we stand with you as you've brought us into your family, and we love you and thank you. Give us your voice, Father. May we say what you say and do what, we, what you're doing and represent you well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.